Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord once again. The question is with that song, how big is your cup? Is that right? How big of a cup did you bring? I got a green light. It's on there. But... Praise the Lord. How big of a cup did you bring? You might have a Bubba cup or you may have a... <laughs> Get you one of those big cups. But it is good to be here once again. And uh, it's fallen my lot to be here and to... Uh, to bring the word, and to be honest with you, saints, I'm excited about what God is going to do today. Not so much because it's me, but because it's him. If you have your adoption papers, turn with me to the book of John. Can't hear me? Can't hear me. Can you now? There we go. Okay. All right. Good. Praise the Lord. That wasn't my fault, was it? That wasn't their fault either. Everything's new. So give the newness a time to, to get settled in. Is that all right? Thank you, Brother Melvin, for being bold enough to do that. Some people just sit and look at you. <laughs> God bless you. It's important to hear what God has to say today. Amen. St. John, chapter 8. We want to get our inspiration from verses 9 in particular, but I want to read 9 and 10, and then we'll, we'll, I'll come back and, and pick some things up. And while I'm here saying this, incidentally, that there is no way this word is inexhaustible. The things that we've heard, the things that's been given unto us, there's no way that you can say it in a few uh, matter of just a few hours or, or just a lifetime even, to be, to be quite frank. So, so I, I, I do have a lot, and this has been bubbling in, in my spirit for quite some time, but, but I'll, I'll try to hurry through because it's something that I think that will be very poignant. And as I began to think on, on this little thought, I, I thought about the days when I was younger and hearing those old fire and brimstone sermons and, and just being reminded, oh boy, you better get it straight because hell is real. We believe heaven, and we, we know that the realities of heaven, but hell is real. The devil is real. The devil is powerful as well. But I, I just was, was captured in, in those thoughts of, um, in, in thinking of this thing. So if it gets a little tight, the Bible says, once you converted, strengthen your brethren. How many converted folks we have in the house today? All right, I'm going to be counting on you. Because we know there's three types of believers that gather in every service. The believer, the unbeliever, and the make-believer. I'm after the unbelievers. I'm after the make-believers. So you believers, you all help me. And you say, well, how can I help you, Brother Joel? Strengthen your brother, the Bible says. You can say an amen. Because there may be somebody sitting on the chair beside you that's going through hell, that's going through something that's about to destroy them as a whole completely. But when you saw them coming through those doors, they had a smile on their face. They said, God bless you. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. But, so will y'all help me out today? Yeah. The sanctified folks help me out today? Yeah. The saved folks, will you help me out today? Yeah. Let me hear an amen. amen. All right. Let's go. St. John chapter 8, verse 9, and they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, because a guilty conscience needs no accuser, we know this, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. 
Verse 10, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We know that your word is light. Your word is life. Your word is eternal. So, Lord, we want to be captured by light today. We want to be illuminated by life today. We want to be reminded of something that's eternal today. Because as we look around this whole crazy world in which we live, Lord, things are getting so dark, so bleak, so hopeless. There's no source of of inspiration out there. So, Lord, we have to attach ourselves to this word. So may you come and do what you have already intended to do in this service through every vessel that you intended to use this day. And may you magnify yourself through your people. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. May have your seats. If we could, just for, for a moment, for a while... I just, I really want to be conscious of my time because I don't want to go over, I don't want to uh, wear out your patience because I want to be invited back. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is good. This is my token, by the way. This is, this is what I got from Brother Donnie. He mentioned, and, and when he was preaching about Rahab, and, and I just keep it in my Bible just as a reminder. Keep it on display, oh boy. Keep it on display. So I'll, I'll just hang it right here. I'll just keep it right here during the service so, so you too can be reminded. Amen. You got to have that token on display. You got to have that life evident. Amen. Even in your own home, even when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, nobody else is around but you, you have to have it on display. Amen. But I, I want to, to draw thoughts and, and uh, today just the, the simple thought of woman in the midst. Woman in the midst in the midst. And it's a very striking scene. This, this, this scenario has always captivated me at times, but it, here lately for the past few months, it's just been stirring really quite longer than that, I should say, just, just the, the thought of it. But we understand in looking at this woman, and we're familiar with the story, and we, we know, and we'll go back through it uh, maybe if I have time and, and read some more of the scriptures on it as we go through this, the service today. But we, we realized that this woman was caught in a situation and she was being brought before some accusers and they were taking her to a man that they were trying to put him into position to be a judge over this situation. And, but the reality for her was is that her today had changed and her tomorrow was about to be oh so different. Everything about who she was was about to change. Everything that she had ever done, everything that she had allowed herself to be captivated and inspired by was about to be changed forever. And some of you, no doubt, are sitting here looking at me and listening to me today. I'm here to tell you, by the inspiration of God, your tomorrow is about to be radically different because your today is about to change. I promise you, I promise you, you say, I don't have any hope, Brother Joel. I don't, I don't have any other source, but your today is about to be changed. Because we have to realize that where we're going is a lot better than where we've been. 
If Brother Terry Horn was up here right now, I can hear him say, did you hear what I just said? Because where you are going is a, is, is a lot different. It's better than where you've been. I guarantee that. Her whole world was about to change. Psalm 106 and 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. Oh, listen to this. Oh, visit me with thy salvation. Salvation today is a visitor to you, to me. David says, oh, visit me with thy salvation. Salvation becomes a guest. And salvation is an opportunity for deliverance, for victory, for overcoming, for welfare, for prosperity. It's going to be okay because salvation has come and made itself a visitor today for you. It's going to be okay. Psalm 106 and 5 says, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance, that I may see the good of thy chosen, to give attention to, to be able to see, to, to regard the, cho- the chosen ones, the choice ones, that, that the salvation has given me the opportunity to see what it means to be chosen. And also, salvation has become this visitor to allow us to be able to rejoice in the gladness of thy nation. Rejoice means to to, to worship, to praise around God's people. That I may glory with thine inheritance. Think about that. That I may glory with thine inheritance. Salvation, an opportunity that you who think that you aren't anything, you that think that you can't, you that think that that you're a nobody, Salvation has come today to visit you, to let you know that you can have the opportunity to glory with the inheritance of God. That word glory means to shine, to be bright, to shine, so you can have an opportunity to shine with the inheritance of God, with God's portion, with God's property, with God's possession. You are somebody. Because salvation has come to you. You say, you don't know my circumstance. I don't need to know your circumstance. I don't need to know what you've been through because where you're going is a lot better than where you've been. Just let all that go. Today is a new day for you. You're listening out by, by way of the internet. Today is a new day for you. I believe this that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. Because in looking at this scripture in particular, we can say it this way, when I see it, then what I saw will cause me to rejoice. And my rejoicing will bring about such a change in me that I too will begin to shine. Because you have to see it before you see it. So when you see it, you can't see it. 
So what I'm wanting you to do today is see it. So you can see it when you see it. I'm not confused. (laughs) Open up your understanding. Verse 7 says, Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even at the Red Sea. Nevertheless, I love this word, nevertheless, in all of their forgetting, in all their grumbling, in all their complaining, nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake. Hmm? That he might make his mighty power to be known. Because for the sake of, or on account of, or because of his reputation, because of his fame, because of his glory, he did these things. Because of his name, his reputation, his glory. That's why he's wanting to change radically your entire world today. Because all of heaven and all of eternity is backing what he says and what he's going to do. Why? Because his name is upon his people. His people bear his identification. Your DNA in Christ makes you an inheritor of an inheritance. Oh my. The very fiber of of, of what you consist of in Christ it makes you an inheritor of an inheritance. In the message return, return and jubilee, the prophet says, now, if somehow or other the individual, listen to this, if somehow or another the individual lost their inheritance, lost your inheritance. Hmm? Sitting here listening to me today, you once were something different than what you are now because you've allowed sin to enter in. You may have thought, I'm just going to go to church today. No, you didn't just think you were going to go. You didn't make a decision to come to church. You came to church because God wanted to awaken you to who you really are. Not what you've allowed yourself to become. Not because of what circumstances have been brought in your life and, and, and it's, it's molded you and, and it made you into that. There's more to you than that. Because all of these things are just trappings of this old place called time. These old dusty devilish frames in which we exist is nothing. Huh? Now, somehow or other, the individual lost their inheritance that was given to them by God. So, you can lose your inheritance. You take it up with the prophet of God. There come a year called the Jubilee year. Woo! Hmm. Hmm. They make a Catholic shout. Every seven years they had a rest, a Sabbath. Every seven days they had a Sabbath. Every seven years they had a Sabbath. Then seven Sabbaths was 49 years and the 50th year was Jubilee. And in this Jubilee, every man that had lost his inheritance by some means, by some means, by some trapping of time, if he was a freeborn and a true-blooded Israelite, no matter who held the possession, No matter who held the possession, even the devil himself. It doesn't matter who held the possession. It had to go back to him free. No matter what's binding you today, you have a right to go back free. Nothing standing in the way. Listen, he didn't have to pay a thing. He didn't have to do a thing, but just stop what he was doing. Amen. 
Did you hear that? Just stop what you're doing. It's that simple. Click it off. Shut it down. Hello? Is that right? My goodness. Is it really that simple? It's really that simple. Just stop what he was doing and go back to his inheritance. That inheritance hasn't left. That inheritance is wherever you've left it, it's still there. It's still your possession, free. Oh my, he had a right to it. It was a God-given right because he by grace had inherited and had been given to his fathers and handed down year after year. No matter what had taken place, if he lost it, it must go free. It meant grace is, is a way provided for every individual to return to their rightful inheritance. Grace is the means through which we have that way back to our inheritance. He's given it to us. Hmm. Being concerned about that you're, you, you, you're, you, you, you can't come. You know, and I've heard, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I've heard even comments just in, in general talking about now that we're in a new church and, and people are, are, seem to think that they can't no longer come here because it's new. I leave that alone. That's for my pastor. But it's real nonetheless. You have a right. Thinking that you're nothing. The prophet says, God who is rich in mercy. I'm only saying this not to mix up doctrine, but to straighten it out. That we might get away from this fear and scare. You don't know who you are. I just told you about an inheritance. Some people don't even know what they possess. Some people don't even know what's in, it, it already been given to them. I'm here to let you know there is a way made. There, 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 there is a portion of eternity that's for you. You have a place in the economy of God. You don't know who you are. You are not going to, you're not going to be, but now you are the sons of God. <laughs> it does not yet appear what we are, who we shall be, what we shall be. But right now, this day, we're not going to be. We already are because... He's already made it so that we can be. Sometimes we need to shake off the weights and just get back in step and catch up with everybody else. Hmm? You say, well, that's mighty arrogant, Brother Joel. Yes, you better catch up because we're about to take a, we're about to leave here, saints. It ain't time to lag behind. It ain't time to let things weigh us down. Hmm? My. Woman in the midst. Your life that's in you, the prophet says, now. Your life that's in you now. Now. Somebody say now. now. Somebody say today. today. At, this At this moment. The life that's in you now had to be with God before you were even become material here on earth. Before there was anything but God, you were one of his attributes. Hmm. How in the world a woman in the midst of confusion, of chaos, of, 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 of the railing wor words of the world, she was still being called back to who she really was. Is that true? Woman in the midst. Now, if what this woman had done was so bad according to the law, listen, 
If what she had done was so bad according to the law, which they knew, the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, that they knew so well, why didn't they take her to the courthouse or to the courtroom and bring conviction and render judgment there? Why didn't they do that? Huh? These guys knew the law. They were experts of the law. They were great expositors of the law of Moses. Hmm? They can tell you where he was, what date it was, what church he preached in, what the title of the sermon was, what paragraph, what line, and can't live a victorious life at all. They're just scribes and Pharisees. Message scribes, message Pharisees. Word of life scribes, oh yeah, they're here. Word of life Pharisees. Hmm. My, you going to get yourself in trouble. Hmm. I've been given a way of escape. <laughs> My, but why didn't they do that? They, in all reality, they did not care about this woman. And, 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 and incidentally, they probably didn't even really care about what she had done because they themselves have probably done some of those very same things. Hello? But it was an attempt to bring more shame. It, it was an opportunity for them to have an audience. Hmm? And you know, there, there's, there's something about having an audience that emboldens, emboldens a person's purpose. You get them by themselves and they won't be as bold, but you get them in a little crowd, huh? Where they can begin to make a name for themselves and, you know, but it's something about that atmosphere. These guys, these scribes and these Pharisees, the Pharisees in particular, they, they, they were crafty guys because, you know, they, they, they held to the traditions of Moses, of the fathers, of, 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 of the Torah, but they didn't so much hold on to the word. You, you know what I mean? They, 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 they held the traditions and, and they, would, they, would, um, they would bring minute and, and, and vexatious uh, 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 extensions to the message of the hour. Hmm. They, they bring extensions. Well, let me tell you what he meant. Your Pharisee. I don't care to hear what he meant. I heard what he said. And that's what I'm called to do is say what he said, not say what you said he meant. So shut up, Pharisee. Shut up, scribe. Hmm. Chatter, 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 chatter. Hmm. My. So these two, these two groups, the Pharisees and the scribes, though distinct in their expertise and what they did, they had a united ambition. They, 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 they had a united anointing even upon them. And it was to scrutinize Jesus, the manifested word of the hour, to bring accusation against the message of the day. Hear me. They wanted to entrap him in some way. And these, these folks, with this anointing upon them, they're always around to frustrate the purpose. Is that true? 
They were always there to challenge truth and to bring up a question. They were always there to challenge present-day truth because the present-day light was not in them. They didn't fully understand it. They couldn't understand it because it wasn't a part of who they were. But yet they were religious. And in that ambition to tear down and to destroy the manifested word, there was a casualty of no concern to them. Hmm? You think about it. All this going on now around the, the, this, 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 the, the message today, there are a lot of casualties, all because some Pharisee, all because some scribe, huh? Shipwrecked lives. Let me tell you something, brother. You're going to have something to answer for. Who are you, Brother Joel? Brother Joel. <laughs> That's who I am. Better watch it, Brother Joel. I am. I'm watching me walk on my way out of here. And I want to take as many as I can as I go. I want to encourage as many as I can to shake yourself from these things. I got to hurry. I got a lot to get to. Because knowing the law, they were crying for judgment upon this sister because of her unlawful act. They knew the law. They knew every dot, every tittle. They knew everything. And here they were, earthly was blocking the way to the heavenly, preventing someone from getting into heaven. Here she was being judged and condemned because of her past, but the reality for her that day, her judgment was standing right in front of her. Did you hear that? Today, judgment is standing right before you. Not me, but, but the word. Judgment was standing right in front of her. She was in the midst of her judgment. Greater than Solomon is here in 1961. But remember, there wasn't a drop of rain fell to Noah got in the ark. There was no fire fell at all till Lot came out of Sodom. Jesus said it was, it was in them days, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. The church it don't have to be judged. It's already been judged. For it judged Christ, and Christ stood its judgment for the church. When we are in him, we are free from judgment. And see, what this sister did not realize is that she was in him. Because he comes to his own. Brother, he's come to you today. Sister, he's come to you today. We are free from judgment. If God judges you, then he's unjust. So, if there are those outside of him who are bringing judgment upon you, then they're being unjust. They're uncredible. They have no credibility. They have no value. They have no worth. They have no ability. They have no anointing. They have no calling. They have no place. Don't even give them the opportunity to land in your ear. Shut up, you Pharisee. Hmm. That's impolite. Well, sometimes, you know, I found out this. I get in trouble with my wife so many times. But sometimes being rude is the only thing some people will hear. You try to be nice. You try to be diplomatic. 
you try to be decent, but the only thing that they will hear, you just got to be down straight and just flat out. And then they're going to have the audacity and nerve to get upset at you. I've been trying to tell you, but you won't listen. Hmm. My. As we go on. If God judges you, then he's unjust. Christ took our judgment for us. Praise the Lord. And by one spirit, we're baptizing that body. He that believeth on me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. So today, we find out that society, the, the church world even, they would rather have their theology. They, they, they and, and instead of the, the engrafted word, the realities of the word, the manifested word, they would rather have their own theology. They'd rather have their science. They'd rather have their technology. They would rather have their modern perspective. Is that right? They would rather follow under the indoctrination of their boss, of the company for which they work. Hmm. It's a powerful thing. When you're in a powerful position, in a powerful company, you got to march to their beat. And not just when you're on the clock. They're watching you when you're off the clock. They're hearing things you say when you're off the clock. Hmm. Woo! But these things they'd rather have. But for me, and all of this modern things that are taking place today, just give me Jesus. Just give me the simplicity of this word manifested in this age. Because he took our judgment for us. That we don't have to be bombarded and cower down to this modern age. Is that true? We no longer have to wear the rags of sin. We no longer have to, to march to the beat of that drum. We, we, we have been given royal attire. We dress different. Huh? I'm not talking about just a sin. We, we dress different. We eat different things. We're simply different. We have to accept that fact that we are different. Now, if you are trying to live a life that, that says you should be different and you're cowering down to this modern age and you're living another way, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. You need to grab a hold of this word today and realize that you have been called. You have been given an inheritance that will cause you to walk in that way of aristocracy. I'm not talking about you Anglophiles. I ain't talking about all that stuff, British and the monarchy and all that. I'm talking about this royal thing, this royal thing from eternity. We've been given the garb and everything to dress us properly. This bride has made herself ready. Huh? That's the Bible. Amen. This scene, St. John 8 and 2, watch this. Jesus, consequently, had just come from the Mount of Olives. He'd, he'd been uh, the, the day before ministering and, and doing everything that he was doing that day, and he went to the Mount of Olives to pray, and we find out that that, that was a place that he would go to a lot. It's believed, I, I believe, well, not believed. It. In fact, Mary and Martha's home was on, I think, the east side of the mountain, and the Garden of Gethsemane was on the west side, but this was a place that he re resorted to to get away from all of the, all the nonsense and the craziness. And early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he said, down and taught them. And here we go. And the scribes and Pharisees, uh, St. John 8 and 2, and the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, 
That's what captivates my mind and my spirit so much with this story. They set her in the midst, in the middle of. Here this woman was in the middle. Here was her past, and here was her future. And something was about to happen that day that was going to change who she was, where she had been, what she had done, and let her realize that this is who you've always been. Hmm? She may have even had the stench of the act even upon her body. Come on now. Y'all know. But yet, he came to her. They put her in the midst to do some damage to her. Not realizing that judgment was standing right there, consequently right before them too. Hmm? And they say unto him, Master, this word of life person, they've done this, they've done that, and blah, 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 and they go on and on and on, was taken in adultery in the very act. I saw them do it. I heard the words come out of their mouth. They can't be saved. Mm-mm. Ain't no way. Did you pray for her? Did you put your arm around them and say, brother, you shouldn't have said that. There's a better way. Hmm? That's meddling, but it's true anyhow. Now, Moses, here they go. Now, Brother Branham said, <laughs> the modern day Pharisees, in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. We've been given occasion to, to get rid of this person. Bless God. Paragraph 10, 1961. <laughs> Woo! Huh? It's the same spirit. It's the same anointing. It's the same devil. I don't want to talk too loud. I don't want to scare him just yet. I want him to think he's got some edge on this service. Hmm. <laughs> This they said, tempting him that they might have to, have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down. So here this woman was. And what strikes me so profoundly in this unfolding in this story is that they were in church. Now, you would think this would be the one place for her to find refuge. Not that people would talk about her. Hmm. I'm going to sit down for a little bit. Come to church to get help. And out in the vestibule, we're in the Sunday school room. Come on, kids. Huh? Don't include them. Talk about them. Church, church folk should be in a position and a condition always to be of help. It's not just the job of the man standing in this pulpit. And no disrespect to the way I'm going to say this. It is not dependent upon Donnie Reagan solely. Huh? There are people that come through those doors, visitors that he may never date, lay eyes on. 
Did you shake? Oh, Lord, let me shut up. Did you shake their hand? Did you tell them welcome? I don't know who they are. And, and I'll, be, I'll tell my kids, I was telling them just the other day, you better position yourself to be kind to the young people. Young people, hear me. Huh? Well, they're not a part of our group. What is that? We're part of the body, are we not? Hmm. I wonder if I can find a place to hide. Got a lot of room, a lot of place here now. We find a lot of places to hide. But let me, let me go on. I'm like, oh, there's so much I want to get to. My, praise the Lord. But the woman in the midst. So in church, the eyes weren't compassionate. The eyes were glaring at this little lady. Church folk glaring at somebody that needed help, Brother J.D. She needed help. The sermon hadn't even yet started. She needed help. The words were critical when they should have been loving and welcoming. And the pronouncement that was that were coming that was riding on those words was killer. She ain't worth two cents. She ain't worth half a penny. She ain't worth nothing. Church folk, sanctified folk, message folk. Some of the honoriest, meanest people on the face of the earth. Yeah. I said it. Where's my camera? Where, 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 whichever. Huh? Message folk. Hmm? Because being called into this royal thing, there's some fish that's in that net that's not royal, but they think that they are. Huh? People get a little money and they go to, you know, but let that stock market crash. Criticism. There is a voice that's greater than criticism. There are eyes that are more penetrating, which see deeper than the situation. And there is a verdict that's greater than that of the jury. Woman in the midst. Both the preachers and the congregation were bringing judgment on this girl. No hope for her in church. Maybe you're visiting today. You, you're, you, you, you currently go to a church maybe and you just don't fit in. There's room for you here. At Word of Life Church. That's a little weak, but I'll take it. That's enough fuel for me. <laughs> they might get my pew. They might get my seat. Well, they might need your seat. You ain't doing nothing with it. Ah. <laughs> so, no doubt this was a very low day for this woman. Micah, is that out of pocket? <laughs> he talks about me all the time. He's saying out of pocket stuff. I try to make it truth, though, son, just so you know. He'll explain it. You ask him. Talk, about, talk to him. He'll tell you what I'm talking about. No doubt this was a very low day for this woman. And in fact, 
It could have been that she was getting ready to surrender to her fate. What she thought was the uh, accumulation of degradation and the weight of her past. And she was just saying, I can't take it anymore. I've come to church and I thought I was going to get some help, but they didn't even shake my hand when I came through the door. Nobody talks to me anymore when I come to church. I'm in this situation of divorce, all of these things. My mama did this and I'm just coming with my grandmama and, and all the people know it and nobody welcomes me. Hear me. Can I be real? Don't act like you don't know these things go on. But she may have been about ready to surrender to her fate. And watch this, verse 6. And they said, tempting him, that they might have occasion to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down. I pray to God that there are situations in this church today And I want you to know that Jesus is here and he's coming by, right by where you are, and he's stooping down. One signification of that act is that he is willing to go. Your, Your situation may be low, so low, so very low. Brother Joel, you don't know how low, but Jesus is stooping down lower than where you are. Amen lower than the mess that you're in. He's willing to take on that identification for you. He's willing to do that. I can imagine as this, as this scene's beginning to unfold and, 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 and the clamor and everything that's happening and the noise, kill her, stone her, send her away, all of this noise and Jesus is there and he's watching the crowd. He's looking back at her. He's looking at them, not saying a word, not breathing anything, but he's watching this scene unfold. And just as about sis was about to break, about to give in, he stoops down. He's stooping down again today here in 2023. Over 2,000 years since this event took place, he's still in the business of stooping. Because he knows, he knows that his wife, his little bride, his, his, his lady, elect, his woman, his main squeeze, his cocoa in his puffs, <laughs> she sometimes gets in trouble. She sometimes does things she ought not to have done because she somehow loses her identity. She, she has amnesia. I'm talking to somebody today. Now you that are, you that are, that, that are converted, strengthen your brother and say amen to these things. Hmm? Just as she's about to break, Jesus stoops. And this very action... In addition to him being willing to go low, was also, it also signified to the, the, the individuals that, that in, at, in this scene, he was sending a message to them, I'm not even regarding what you're saying. I'm not even paying, I'm not even listening to what you're saying. 
So we have the power, the ability, and the calling, and the opportunity today to not even listen to what the devil says. To, to not even be caught up in his environment. Huh? Is that true? Instead of coming in and, 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 and bickering and fighting, he says in the message, the token, we're not to come together to talk about the message. Just while I'm here, I'm going to read this. It don't really fit in, but I thought of this. We are to come together to get in the message. Hmm? And the message is Christ. He is the word. That's right. We're to get into it, get beneath it. Yes, sir, he says. That's what we're supposed to do. So to get in it, to get beneath it. Now, if you're underneath something, you're underneath something. That no longer makes you the big man on top. Hmm? Or the dominating female on the top. Hmm, witchcraft. <laughs> Why'd I say that? Sis, you need to shake that thing. I'll leave a note for Brother Donnie. He might want to follow up on these things. So. <laughs> but he was sending a message to them, I'm not listening to you. It was intentional. It was purposeful in that he was saying, I give you no regard. I give you no place. I'm not even hearing what you're saying. And as I was saying, you may think your situation is low, it's bad. Let me tell you, Jesus went lower than that. Galatians 1 and 4, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world. According to the will of God and our Father, where deliver means to pluck out, to choose out for oneself, select one person from many. I don't know particularly what your situation may be, but you've been given an opportunity to get out of that situation. And there are others who are in the same situation but have not been given the same opportunity you've been given. So take your chance. Take your opportunity today. Fully embrace this word today that's coming to you. You've been plucked out of your situation. This lady was being plucked out and she didn't even realize it. She's being plucked out of her situation, out of that evil world that she was in. Evil means full of labors, annoyances, hardships, pressured and harassed by labors. Galatians 1 and 5, to whom be glory forever and ever, amen. Philippians 2 and 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So you think your situation is low. He went lower than that. But he made himself of no reputation. He deprived himself of the force and the ability that he had. He emptied himself out. That great kenosis that Brother Donnie has been speaking about so, so, so wonderfully. And, and to make, he made himself void of who he was. All for you. He stripped himself of his deity in order to do that for you. To do that for me. Colossians 1.12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. There's that word inheritance again. Colossians 1 and 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We have been snatched out of darkness. 
Think about that, saints. We have been taken out of our conditions. As much room as we have now and as high as these ceilings are, there should be nothing to hold us back. Not one thing. When we realize what he did for us, what, how he transformed who we were. There are rafters up there. There are no chandeliers to swing from, and I ain't find something to swing from. My, when you get to thinking about what God has done, what, and not only what God has done, but what God is doing, and then you captivate that, and you bottle that up, and then you begin to think about what God is going to do. My. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? An image, it's not a resemblance, but it's the exact image. Huh? The fullness. And Jesus was the body that carried the name of God. And there stood that name of God before this woman. This woman was about to be awakened to the realities of who she was. We could run off a list of conditions, of circumstances, of anointings on people's lives. Here and listening to, to me by way of the internet, and you can pick it up archive later. A thief, a liar, a cheat, a whore. A doubter, a whoremonger, a self-abuser, an idolater, an alcoholic, a lesbian, a homosexual, abusers of mankind, an addict, a gossiper, caught up in the occult. Huh? Now, I'm not giving place to the devil. I'm not opening things up because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. I'm calling attention to these things to make you aware that these are conditions in people's lives. And they come to church to get help. Huh? Because he oftentimes will go way beyond our problem that we're in. He'll go way beyond the circumstance. He'll go way beyond the condition. And what he will do is he will strike something that's a part of himself within us. In order to release that part of us that is him. In order to bring healing and deliverance. So what are you saying, Brother Joel? Victory is already in you. Is that right? Because the problem that you're going through, the problem that you have, it's just temporary. But yet so many times we want to cabbage down on our current situation. And we get trapped in that thing. And it's over and over and repetition. It's the same old thing. Same old thing over and over. And that's exactly where the devil wants you to be. So God will take that situation and instead of dealing specifically with that situation, he'll go way beyond that thing and he'll strike something deep down within you that you didn't even know was there. The moment he strikes that with that word, it will quicken something within you. And what is it? It's a part of himself. Because only he, the strength that he has, the only thing that can withstand a punch from eternity is eternity itself. 
Because if he punched you exactly where you were, it would take you out of here. So he has to go down through the avenues of your life. Maybe you come to church today, going down through those avenues of your life, and he'll strike something that's so deep within who you are because it's a part of himself. And the moment that connection is made, there's something released in the believer. It gives them that overcoming power. It gives them victory because it's already in you. Healing is already in you. Is that right? The salve that's needed for grief is already in you. I know when my precious mom died, and you all probably heard me say it, but I had to learn to lean on God in a different way because this was a new thing in my life. I only had one mama. And she left this world. It broke my heart. I was there and I, I heard the, literally the last breath leave her body. And I couldn't help but think at that time here, I was being there on the day that I was born. And here I was on the day that she left. It was a beautiful thing. And it, it, it's helped me so much during that time to, to be, because, you know, just having a hard time and, 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 and the, the, the knowing that as Josiah walked in the room that day at, at that particular time and, and she had her hand up and she was saying, oh, wow. My family, we helped to get her to that place. Huh? It's not an easy thing to have two women in your house. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> That's just a reality, saints. That's just so. But knowing that we helped her to get to that place to where she could have that oh wow moment. Who is it in your life that you can help get to that moment? Not so much as they're going to die, but that they can realize, you know, because you were kind to me when I came to Word of Life Church, oh, wow, I didn't know all of this was mine. I didn't know I possessed all of these things. Hmm. Because it just takes a voice greater than that of your circumstance to make you aware of these things. He wants to connect you to himself, which is really connecting you to the real you. Is that right? Because when this happens, it's not about him, but it's about you. What did he say? You shall do the greater works. Not I shall do the greater works. So it's finally all about you. <laughs> yes, finally. It's all about you in Christ. Knowing who you are releases the power of God. St. John 8 and 9, back to our, our scene. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the, to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And I love this. She said, No man, Lord. You can't tell me those ears were not still ringing with those bitter, hurtful words. You can't tell me that something within her wasn't being reminded of who she was. Because of that clamor was there reminding her of who she was. 
But yet her testimony was this, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Everyone else was gone. It was just her and Jesus. The atmosphere in the room shifted. Something happened. It didn't matter who was sitting beside her. It didn't matter who was on the right or on the left. She was there because a word had just been given to her and it was hers and hers alone. She knew from that moment something was different. So when she said, no man, Lord, she realized that not only had the physical appearance and the physical presence of her accusers had been deleted. <laughs> Bloop. Delete. That's a powerful button, isn't it? Huh? But all of this had been deleted. But not only that, but also her guilt, her shame. It had been totally eradicated. There was no more need for her to hold on to these things because he said, where are they? I don't see them, so why should you? If God doesn't see the accusers in your life, why should you still harp on these things? Is that all right? And even the acceptance of what they had said she was, it was deleted. Bloop. It was all gone. Praise God, my sins are gone. Because no doubt she herself would probably even prepare to die. Well, this is it. They're going to stone me. I got caught. Huh? She prepared herself to be taken under, to be taken over. Because this, this, this was some major stuff she'd been accused of, saints. Huh? It wasn't like she'd snuck out after curfew. Uh-oh. But Joel, where are you going? What do you know? I don't know. You tell me. Why would I say that? It wasn't that she was somewhere right behind the building puffing on a cigarette. Hmm? Is that all right? She didn't steal a candy bar. This was some big stuff. Is that right? Her sin was so great, but saints, her forgiveness was greater than her sin. The opportunity of forgiveness that's been given to you today is greater than anything that you have done. All that you have to do is just hit delete. Bloop. It's gone. It's gone. And it's not in a cash file. It's not in the junk mail folder. It's gone. There ain't no IT guy anywhere that can recover these things. It's gone. Did you hear me? It's gone. Because when the master hits that button, you can rest assured. No man, Lord. She could have held on to that guilt and that shame and it would have led to her demise. She would have been taken out of here. She'd have been gone. She was a prisoner bound by the circumstances and in her mind. But her confession, you've been hearing about confession lately in the services, but her confession and her response was nobody. Nobody. Not even the devil himself. I don't care who you are. 
I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much money you don't. I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you're going. I don't care where you are. I'm just letting you know that there is an opportunity for you to be free from these things. Woman in the midst. And the Lord God said unto the woman, Genesis 3 and 13, we find another woman. Because see, this woman that we read about, she was holding on to what was going to kill her. Thank you, Brother Terry. Did you hear what I just said? She was holding on to the very thing that was going to kill her. The thing that you're holding on to, it will destroy you. Hear the word of the Lord today. Let it go. Genesis 3 and 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? One question. One. And the woman said, Well, you see, what happened was... (laughs) Now, when you hear that, somebody's about ready to make a big old lie. Or they're going to try to remove themselves from that situation. See, what happened was that that serpent beguiled me and I did eat. She began playing the blame game. So Eve was asked a specific question. And this woman was also asked a specific question. Actually, two. Where are your accusers and hath no man condemned thee? Two questions, but only one answer. Why? Because when you have truth, you don't need to talk a lot. You can say what you got to say and move on. You don't have to explain. You don't have to give reason. Why? Because your memory has been deleted. Bloop. Huh? There's power in few words. You are not defined by what you've done. Hear me. We're closing. You are not defined by what others say that you are. You say, who do you think you are, Brother Joel? Who gives you that authority? This word right here. I stand sure-footed. I stand firm. What does Brother Andrew say? I, 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 I said what I meant, and I said it. I believe it, so I say it, whatever how he says that. But there's, there's no need to back up when you speak in truth. People are going to come against you. People are going to question it, sure. But you are not defined by the things that you've done. Because the reality is God defines who you are. Sinner and saint alike. So, so don't worry about what you've done so much. Yes, it might be bad. Yes, it might be embarrassing. It might even be shameful. But remember, Jesus made his reputation among people who did these types of things. Hmm? That's who he hung out with. Is that right? Now again, not to, not to stir up anything on the negative side, but I want, I want just to do something for me, just a moment. I want you to take just a second and think about maybe a bad thing that's captivating you now. Think about it. 
I'll give you a second. You know what? He died for that. Now, think about something else. He died for that too. Jesus Christ died for that. Jesus Christ gave his life so that you no longer have to struggle with that, whatever that was. He's here. He's real. He wants to give us these things more than we even realize that we need them. Is that true? 1 Corinthians 6 and 10. That's a tight book. Those Corinthian characters, they were some, they were some bad dudes. Because Paul, when he's addressing them, he talks about them being fornicators. We're going to come back to this list again. There were idolaters. There were adulterers. There were those who were effeminate. Come on, saints. The sodomites, they were thieves, they were covetous, they were drunkards, they were revilers, they were extortioners, they were abusers of themselves with mankind, men laying with men, women laying with women. If we ain't here, saints, I, huh? But even in all of that, Paul says, and such were some of you. Calling sin, sin, not excusing it by no means, but it, it, looking it dead in the face and said, you are that, you were that, you did that, but that's what you were. But you are washed, ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Because he does his best work in some of these situations. To take somebody and wash them and clean them and make them a person different than what they used to be. As the musicians come, the woman in the midst, caught in a circumstance, caught in a situation, she didn't realize it, but there was another life on the inside of her that had to be in a condition to receive the life that was to come. If I can take just a second, this one's just for me, okay? Just for me. I love this quote. I love this one. Because again, she didn't realize that, 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 that she had to have a change before the change could come. So Jesus had to find her in that condition. Jesus came to where she was. Jesus, come to the, your situation. He come into the filth and the mire and the muck and everything to find you. The question is asked, please explain the mystery of the translation of the bride. Wow. Again, excuse me for a moment. I'm at home. I'm going to kick my feet up, all right? He says, just to change, see, our bodies. Let's say, you know what I mean when I say that. I don't mean to be sacrilegious. I don't mean to say ours. I don't mean to say this church. I mean to say every believer. Abraham, he was looking for a promised son that was promised him. Is that right? And the church is looking for a promised son. The bride, is that right? The bride is looking for the promised son. She better be. You better be looking for the promised son. 
Huh? Because before the promised son could come to Sarah and Abraham, their bodies had to be changed. The condition that their bodies were in, there was no way that they were going to bring forth a child. The condition that you're in, there's no way that you're going to take a rapture. Where are my saved folks at? Y'all supposed to be strengthening your brethren. Huh? <laughs> I thought y'all done walked out on me. She was too old to have a baby. She had no milk veins in her breast. Her breast was dried up. Her womb wasn't fertile. She was sterile. She could not have the baby. Her heart was too old to stand labor. If the power of God would drop on you right now in your condition, you would not be able to withstand that rapture. Hmm. I got to clean up what I messed up. Hmm. So what happened? God changed her back to a young woman. And he did Abraham the same thing because he said his body was as good as dead. See, and he had to change their body in order to receive the promised son. And we cannot receive the promised son that's promised us today in these bodies that we live in. These bodies are sin. Now, you cute folk, that's a quote for you. Your body is sin. <laughs> the first conscience controls the body. We see, feel, taste, smell here, and it's just got us all scrupled up. Well, I thought, well, I felt led that you scrupled up. That's what your prophet said. You're scrupled up. Anytime you go to relying on the, the, these, these, these uh, avenues, we reason and everything else, but that new body that comes from this born again, it'll pass away. It's that inside something that lives. Everybody understand it? Say amen. It's not this outside, see, taste, feel, smell here. It isn't. It's subject to death and will die. But the inside part of you, down in here, inside, that is the person that cannot die. Woman in the midst, here she is about to die. That body, that old dusty devilish frame that we so dress up and doctor up and take care of, we brush his hair, brush his teeth, praise God you do that. As Brother Donnie says, for the sake of those sitting around you, please do that. But we'll go to the fine mall, the stores, and we'll buy fancy clothes to put on this old body. It's just death. It's subject to death and will die. And that's the person that the new life starts from. Listen to how he places this. That's the person that the new life starts from, from this new birth. You got to be born again. Because the new life that's coming, that he's promised, that's where it begins. That's what it comes to. And it builds another person. Listen. It builds another person in the image of this person you are. So he has to have some material to work with. And he can't use this old dusty devilish thing. He can't use your opinion. He can't use your thoughts. You must be born again. So potentially it's in here. And what is it? The word promised before the foundation of the world. And around there, this only reflects the negative. Talking about this body. That will reflect the positive, the word, see. And the same thing or the translation of the bride will be the same thing. 
The word that's in you, the body will materialize around that word. As the same thing did to Sarah. So the body, the word that is in you becoming born again. Praise God, my sins are gone. I've been born again. And the word that's already in you, that body that's coming, will materialize around that word. So it is imperative. Read your Bible. Pray every day to strengthen that inner word, to feed that inner word, because there is a word coming to that word. There's a body coming to that new changed body. And that's the only way it can materialize. Something that he's created, he's coming to that. That deposit of eternity that he put in you, put in me, put in every believer, that's what he's coming back for. That's the only thing that can be quickened. Woman, what are you in the midst of today? Little bride, what's your circumstances today? You've been presented with a word today that will totally change who you are. Because you cannot, you cannot, I assure you of this, you cannot base your forever on what you see right now. Hear me. If you try to base your forever on what you're seeing right now, you're going to be resentful. Nobody's going to want to be around you. Because there has to be something more to take place. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we love you. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for the change that's come in our lives. We thank you for the illumination that you've given to us, that you've showed us. And Lord, with that, you've created within us a desire to continue to keep going. Over and over and over, your mercies are new every day. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. I pray, Lord, that the words that were spoken today would find a lodging place within the lives of individuals, maybe here or maybe pick it up later. Maybe they were out in some foreign land, oh God, that will hear these words. Consequently, they're not my words. Lord, they're yours. This, I've tried to, to give and bring what you laid on my heart, Father. You know my desire. You know my makeup. You know how I am. And so, Lord, I submit it to you and just ask that you complete the work that you've started today. We love you and we thank you for everything that you've done. We give you honor and glory and praise opportunity to be here, our space and place in the building today. Be with the saints who are on the road as they're out traveling and make their way back home this evening, no doubt, and give them safety, we pray, dear God. And may, as we assemble together again, if it be your will, if time marches on, Lord, may we hear more words that's going to change the very fiber of our beings, who we are. Thank you for the visitors here today, and may you bless them and be with each and every one as we make our way back to our respective homes and the activities of the day. May your hand be upon us. We love you and we thank you for all that you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Do you love the Lord? Yes. It was a great thing that he did for me.
He picked me up, turned me around, changed who I am. Just stand with me just a moment. Now keep in mind in all of this, the devil's going to be there to bring some things to you, to to try to, to shake you down. But you have to realize what the enemy sends to you shows what's in you. Whatever he's trying to bring your way, it shows that there's something in you that he wants to take down. Don't let him do it. Trials of this world were getting closer. The pull I felt was more than I could bear. And I was on the verge. Almost there. The strength within myself just wasn't there. Something. Isn't he something? It was his desire to steal away my faith. If you need prayer, come forward. what I needed to keep me running this race. Sing it to him, saints. Amen. Amen.
the close of the day as I sat there on her knees singing songs of days that used to be 
and she sang of a God's amazing grace. That saved, saved a red. Did it save you too? Like me. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he forgiving? Oh, the lovely Lord Jesus. He's just so wonderful to us. Amen. God bless you for your patience and your time. And I love you in the Lord. Truly. Over 20, almost 25 years now, this, this has been my stomping grounds, my home. And just how just become a part of you all. You're all part of me. But I love you. Truly, truly do. Amen. Just sing one more before we go. As I walked, as I walked through the door, I felt his presence. And I knew this was the place where love abides for. This is the place Jehovah God abides here. We are standing in his presence. Holy ground, we are standing on holy ground, and I Yeah. 
take over. Agree. It's been good to be in the house of God this morning. As nerve-wracking as it's been, having to leave singing and whatever, God's good all the time. Let's sing that as we make our way home. God is good. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. This night His light will shine. God is good. My God is good all the time. If you're walking through the valley, there are shadows all around. No, do not fear, for He will guide you, and He will keep you safe and sound. For it's God is good 
time Through the darkest night His light will shine God is good God is good All the time God is good All the time You may be dismissed